Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am extremely excited about today's guest. Yay! I have Shannon Brawley who I met almost a year ago, or maybe longer, actually. She was one of my very first kundalini teachers and just a completely bright, luminescent light here in Humboldt County. Shannon is a kundalini yoga instructor, a women's group facilitator, a youth mentor. She lives life with a sense of humor and curiosity and playfulness that I absolutely love about her. Her goal is to inspire others to speak their truth and to live their life's passion. And today, she is here in the office with a live audience, Riley and Candle, and we are going to ask you some questions. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. Really, honestly, I am honored that you're here. Oh, I'm honored to be here, Pepper. This is such a privilege. So thank you. Phenomenal. Today. Oh. You just walked in like shining light and you just got out of like what? Yoga or something? Yeah, booty yoga, which is a whole different breed of yoga. <laughs> well, you're not, you like look amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like what it is that you are doing here in our community because you do so much and I know you're making a big leap to do some other things. Um, in an area that's very close to us. But what are you doing here? What have you been doing here? So I moved back to Humboldt because I went to college here a number of years ago. And I came back to primarily teach kundalini yoga. Thank God. <laughs> for uh, us. Thank you for us. <laughs> yeah. I was living in Portland before, is where, and that's where I did my kundalini yoga teacher training. And it was just becoming overstimulating as I was getting deeper into my own sensitivity through the practice, the urban area just was overwhelming energetically and a lot of distractions too. And so I meditated for a few months and Humboldt just popped up one day and I'm like, of course, I'm going back to Humboldt. So I started to research Kundalini Yoga and Humboldt and I could barely find anything. (laughs) And I know this community and how they like to chase their highs. And so I was like, they would really be receptive to Kundalini Yoga. Although that's not the purpose, it's a great way to pull people in. And so I came back to teach Kundalini Yoga to this community and also give back to the place where I fell in love with yoga was at Om Shala. 
So oh, wonderful. And you pretty much taught at Amshala the whole time, this whole year, yeah, right? Yeah, it was the first job I got before moving back. I had a good friend hook me up with the job there. They didn't even do a practice teach. They're just like, all right, you can come and teach. And so I've been teaching Amshala for like the last year and a half. I was at the community yoga center for a little bit, and I taught out in Willow Creek for a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Wow, wonderful. So you've been teaching a little bit all over. Yeah. So what, tell me about Kundalini from your point of view. Just Mm -hmm. tell me about that, because I think it's a very um, meditative practice that is cultivated by each individual. And Mm -hmm. each individual has their own experience with it, coming from a student's perspective. Right, I'm going through teacher training currently, but from your perspective of being a teacher, now how long have you been a teacher? I've been a teacher about almost a year and a half. Well, that's just a kundalini. I've been teaching hatha yoga for about six years now. Oh, wow. Okay. So being a kundalini teacher from that perspective, can you tell me or can you tell the listeners a little bit about what that is and what that's been doing for you? And we can just start to open that because we have a lot of questions Um, but anything that you want to add for being a kundalini teacher for me it's I've created this sense of not uh, stepping away from my ego and I when I step into the mat when I step into a front of a class who I am Shannon in my outside world is completely set aside that's part of where I wear the bana, the turban, the white, because that's not who I usually am. That's me in the role of the teacher. And that's how the kundalini tradition believes we should teach, is you're showing up as a teacher. You're not showing up as yourself. And you're there to be a channel for the teachings and for the wisdom. And so when I get into that space and I'm able to plug in that way, and I have students come up to me after class and share their experiences, it's so heartwarming and wonderful and it is a huge honor to be able to bring this to people. And that's why I do it. And uh, on a personal note, it keeps my personal practice up. Mm-hmm. Knowing I have to show up for other people once a week, four times a week, I need, know I need to be in a high vibrational state for that. So I need to keep up my practice. I am so grateful that you have kept up your practice. I was in a place where it was very uncomfortable. I was coming out of a pretty um, you know, intense relationship whenever I found your class. And it changed my life. And I was so grateful that you were offering, and there's, um, there were at the time two other teachers that were offering classes as well. But I was so grateful that you were teaching and that you were offering those and kind of giving me a place to, to a safe space for me to come in to do these physical asanas or is that the yeah yeah physical asanas physical body movements to really align my energetic field and it wasn't psychotherapy I mean I've gone through everything obviously Mm because of my practice because of who I am and how you know all these educations and and being very much in the mental mind and the third third eye but you had you held the space for people to kind of process through their own and you just have a magical way of doing it you're different than any other teacher that and I have some amazing teachers in my life but you're definitely different than any other teacher that I've ever been around and that energy that you hold is such a high vibration you would think that you have like the most amazing perfect life in the whole entire world because you just hold that and so I want to you know thank you for that oh really it's true it's very true now 
kind of side noting, the only thing about that is that your classes were always so full that, um, and maybe I was a little tardy, that I was in the <laughs> kind of in the back a little bit. But you went from, you know, did you um, immediately start having classes that full? I mean, no. we were so full that that's, that room that you were in, which is a good-sized room, was com- completely at capacity. And people were opening the door after class started. So did that did that happen over a period of time? Because you got very popular very quick. Well, when I first moved to Humboldt, I wanted to teach at Omshla, and they only had 11 a.m. slot on Monday. They're like, this class never does well. So It did fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's why they gave to me, oh, you're a new teacher. We don't really know your style, but... Let's see. We'll, we'll give it to you. And then the class did really well, better than it had done with any other slot. I think it was mainly because I was offering Kundalini Yoga, and that wasn't offered at Om Shala. And so those Monday classes actually got pretty big. I wanted, and since they got big, I asked to teach on Saturdays. And so then they let me open up to a Saturday class. And those got big, too, once people realized it was going on. Thank you for that, because I came to both of those. I loved for my Saturday class. The daytime classes were my, my jam. Yeah. Like, my whole entire life was pretty much organized around your classes. Oh. I know that you probably don't know that <laughs> until this moment. But they really were. I mean, it was such an influential part of my healing. It, it, so I thank you for that. I definitely thank you for that. How did, you know, I'm telling you a lot about me and how Kundalini was helpful for me, and I'm very open whenever I have conversations with people about that, but how did it influence your life? How did you come to find Kundalini? So I had um, become a Hatha yoga teacher, and I was teaching Hatha yoga and practicing Hatha yoga, like, you know, mostly vinyasa flow. And me and my partner at the time down, we were living in Santa Rosa. We wanted to try just new yoga classes. And we're like, oh, look at a Kundalini class. Let's go try that out. And so we went and we both just walked out. We were like, what was that? (laughs) And so we kept going. And it was every Saturday morning. And that's why I really wanted to teach on Saturday mornings too, because I had that ritual every week of, and then my weekends were just amazing. It would blow my doors off. I don't get the same intensity (laughs) now. now that I did then but I also had a really stressful job at the time and I a lot of people were depending on me and I just had a huge workload and so I started practicing on my own and I was doing different kriyas or meditations every morning before I went to work and I felt like that's what sustained me and kept me balanced and able to show up in a higher on a higher vibration to who the students I was working with. I was working with low-income middle schoolers. So you can oh, imagine yeah. hundreds of middle schoolers already going through their stuff, and I'm like, I need my practice for this. And so that's what got me really into it, because I was like, this is a sustainable way to handle this lifestyle. And so then I moved to Portland for a new adventure, and there was just happened to be a training there, and I was going through a lot of... Um, a lot of upheaval in my emotional, personal life. And I was like, this is perfect alignment. And so I, I stuck with it and I did it in Portland. And I was teaching Hatha yoga when I was practicing Kundalini down in Sonoma County. And people would be like, oh yeah, I'll make it to your class, but I really want to come to your house and practice with you when you're <laughs> practicing Kundalini. And so I was thinking, all right, this is what I need to teach. People want to know more about that. And the feedback I've gotten, people liked my Hatha yoga classes, but people love my Kundalini classes. So that's obviously the yoga I'm supposed to be teaching. And it's helped me heal in so many ways. Not that traditional Hatha yoga hasn't, but not to the same caliber. 
sure it's like people are pulled to different herbs or or different yeah. you know areas of the country to to heal this was just a type of yoga that you know healed you specifically um not that one's better than the other oh yeah but definitely not. unless you ask me personally off, off. <laughs> I mean I love booty yoga too I've just gotten to that in the few, past couple months I like that you said it blew your doors off yeah what do you mean by that statement that's a great statement I I've, felt things and energy moving through my body in the ways and ways I hadn't felt before my vibration I'm not sure what it was. My state of being was just so elevated and I was open and I just felt way completely different that maybe I've only felt through um, hours of meditation or even taking psychedelics. And it was just like this way of just you're open and I've worked my system enough to get to that space. It's wonderful. I mean, that's how I feel as well. I'm glad that you had that experience with your Saturday classes because then you came here and started doing the Saturday, I think it was 11 o'clock. Was it 11 Yeah, it was 11, yeah. Here. Yeah. And so I would take that. It was my Saturday thing. It was my weekend thing. So I would take that, and then I would go to the farmer's market after, and I would just bliss out. Right. In, yeah, on the plaza here, like in the grass, in the sun, just watching everyone. And it was like I had had a mind-altering substance. Exactly. It truly was. And there was another student who, I won't say his name now, but you, you know who I'm talking about, another student who also took that class. I mean, many people were yeah. in their class. But there was one who he and I got along really well and we would do, he would go out with me and we would just bliss out. Now he's <laughs> moved on. Shout out to Evan. We love you. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. He's a great guy. Um, anyways, he's moved. He's, I think he's in Nevada city and he was going to go take some Kundalini know. classes yeah, there hopefully too. He's so. becoming a teacher. He's phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. But we had started doing the same kind of thing. We would go to your class, both go out to the plaza, zone out. We would try different postures out there and just both felt like we were on some kind of, you know, psychedelic. Yeah. Really, we really did. And so that kind of made my weekend. And then I would get to go to your Monday. And then I was lucky enough that there was another teacher that would taught Tuesdays and Thursdays. I was doing it every, almost every single day. And that's what's kind of led me to my practice of two to four hours a day. So you're a teacher. How many, how often do you do it? Now, I know when you're teaching, obviously that's like a, a lot. It's prepping for it. It's your class. Mm -hmm. And then your downtime afterwards. So it's a whole day, really. But on those days that you don't have to teach and prepare for others, do you do the morning sadhana? Like, or do you do a 30 minutes of, I mean, what do you do? I mean, so no my, judgment anywhere, but oh, there's yeah. some crazy stuff in Kundalini. There is. I mean, you can do the You morning. go as far deep into that rabbit hole as I you mean, want. There's yeah. a lot. Ideally, if you're a really hardcore Kundalini practitioner, you're waking up at 4 a.m. and doing a two and a half hour sadhana before the sun rises. I don't do that. Um, what I've been doing for the past few years is doing 40 day and 90 day sadhanas. Okay. So my sadhana switches every 40 or 90 days and sometimes I'll do it in the morning sometimes I do in the evening it's anywhere from a half an hour to 60 minutes depending on what kriya or meditation I've chosen right now I'm doing the kriya for physical and mental vitality Ooh! yeah oh my gosh that sounds wonderful it's a lot of abdominal work it's about building core. your core and yeah, your power yeah. and a lot of breath of fire um so that's what I do now, and that takes a little over half an hour to do every day. Ideally, I want to do it in the morning, but sometimes I'm not in the space where I want to be there, and I'd prefer to do it before I go to bed. 
So that's what my sadhana looks like now. And sometimes I'll throw in other meditations and sometimes I'll do more of a Vipassana style meditation after I practice. Um, I know that's not Kundalini, but it's very powerful as well. So yeah, that's what mine looks like right now. That sounds beautiful. That's wonderful. And it's gentle for yourself and you have a lot going on. I mean, you're in a really busy transition this month and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But for the listeners that don't know what Breath of Fire is, oh yeah, can you explain that just softly and then um, possibly give us a, a taste of what that is? Yeah. So Breath of Fire is a breath done through the nose and it's a passive inhale and active exhale. And the way I explain it to teach students is you start like you're panting like a dog. You stick your tongue out. So a lot of people are familiar with that. And then you close your mouth and you do that same movement through your nose. And you feel it in your diaphragm. You feel your diaphragm going up as you exhale for each exhale. And so what this is is a super invigorating breath, detoxifying breath, balancing the hemispheres of the brain, helps fight addictions. It really just gets your system moving. Don't do it if you're pregnant or menstruating because it does create that fire energy where you're pushing energy out. That's why you don't want to do it in those states. And you can do it on its own and we'll, it's like, I like to call it your afternoon cup of coffee. Instead of doing that, <laughs> do some few minutes of breath of fire and, or you can pair it with a posture and it just intensifies the effects of a posture. I see. I love doing that specifically when I'm trying to, well, cause what it's doing is it's getting oxygen to the brain, mm-hmm. right? And it's detoxing. So I like to do that if I'm driving, if I'm feeling a little bit tired, a little restful, obviously I do it also in, you know, in our practice, but other than the practice, I use it in those ways to kind of wake up. I mean, I mean, you're bringing a lot of yeah, oxygen yeah. into your brain. It's very, very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. I love it. I could go into many different ones. I'm like going to show you, but the listeners can't see what I'm doing so it doesn't make any sense to them but so there was I think when was it last year I asked you I was so just enamored by you the way you teach the the what, what you bring kundalini in general the whole entire package that I asked you to teach in part of my holistic health practitioner mm, program yeah. and you taught the kundalini yoga therapy training and it was I think four hours and you did an amazing oh, job. Thanks, it was so great. I wish I would have had that one filmed and recorded for the online students. And you had so much information and you had just put a basic outline together. We didn't even get through all of that. You had to cut things out because there was just so much. I'm wondering if you would, you know, eventually be putting something like that together for someone else online, or if you'd come and teach my class again next year. And I'm putting you on the spot, and it's off script, but you can think about it. Oh, and yeah. And if you want to, I'll give you the dates because I'd love to have you. But what are some projects that you're currently working on? Not ones that I'm just asking you on the air to come and do, <laughs> but ones that you're actually like putting one step in front of another and working on because you're doing some amazing things in the world. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Well, I have a workshop this coming Saturday. It is Removing Blocks and Living Your Destiny. And it's a fundraiser for a program I am creating, which is called Inner Wisdom Children's Village. And I'm creating this down in Sonoma County. And it's a primary outdoor summer camp, homeschool, preschool program, after school program for youth on 40 acres. So what the kids have op- opportunity to do is go out and be in nature and explore nature. And the idea of the inner wisdom is 
to have that self-initiation of what they want to learn and giving them space to learn that rather than filling them up with curriculum, more so pulling that out. And though this opportunity came about because of kundalini yoga, uh, a friend connected me with a woman who owns the property. She's a kundalini teacher down in Cloverdale. And we just connected. We both have a lot of vision about the program that's very similar, as well as both really valuing the tradition of kundalini yoga and coming from that place. So that will be woven into the program. However, it's primarily an outdoor education program. And it's just in its conception stages right now. It's going to launch this summer. And I'm so excited for it. And it's just a huge project. Yeah, it sounds like a huge project. (laughs) Yeah. So I have just a few more questions about Kundalini specifically, and they're kind of all over the board. So I'm just going to shoot, shoot them at you and you answer them. Okay. So one, the turban. Yeah. What's the deal with the turban for our listeners? And more specifically, your turban is tied differently. Uh I've noticed it Uh has the little braid thing. Super cool. But that's because I know you and I've been your student. But tell the listeners about the turban and the technology of the turban because I found this fascinating. Yes. So the turban comes from the Sikh tradition. And what it is used for is to contain the energy within the, the person. And there's different ways of tying your turban. Men and women tie their turbans differently. And the way I tie my turban is some completely way I've made up on my own. I Somebody might have taught me a certain way and I've evolved with it, but it's definitely not the traditional way to tie a turban. Um, the reason I wear a turban is to, like I said earlier, get in that space of teacher and put my ego aside. It took me a long time to be comfortable wearing a turban. I used to teach in a hat or wear nothing at all. And that was all my ego and feeling like I was not in a place to do that but that that's not what's important it's just get that ego aside and wear the turban and what's really cool is if you tie your turban properly in certain ways my turban's not like this it has cranial sacral points that activate different parts and different pressure points that ignite you all day long and so when you're wearing your turban all day long you're getting those points activated And that's part of the tradition of wearing the turban. The main purpose for today where it's any head covering is to keep the energy. Because as you're practicing kundalini or meditating, you're building all this energy with inside you. And you want to contain it rather than shooting out your crown. I see. So any head covering would really do. Mm -hmm. That's a great explanation. I love how you explain that. So your turban specifically has, for those of you that haven't seen uh, the turban, um, it has a braid around that. Do I just you... twist the... Really? It's, yeah, it's just like a, a scarf and I twist it and I just put it around like that. That's yeah, I mean, so I could cool. show you. I'm supposed to teach somebody today after class how to oh, tie really? it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, maybe I'll, I'll stick around yeah, for that too because so I'd love to know. It's just a makeshift in what I've done. I've tried many different things and um, a lot of times they'll get loose and this is the way I found it stays on really well. Okay. I love your, I love your spin on the turban. It's very, very cool. So tell me how Kundalini specifically that yoga and, you know, because you've done many, how is that one different as far as, you know, of course the movements and, and wearing all white and these kind of things, the, the simple things that we can visualize, but how energetically or emotionally stimulating, how is that different or how did you feel it was different internally? 
I think for me, it was a lot more focused on the breath work mixed with the postures. And what I really like and appreciate about Kundalini Yoga is the Kriyas. So a Kriya is a set of exercises to invoke a certain response. And there's usually between one to 20 exercises within a Kriya. And there can, there's thousands of Kriyas and they all have different purposes, like a Kriya for the liver, a Kriya for inner anger, a Kriya to master your own domain. So these prescriptions, recipes, exercise recipes that we have, you can activate what we're looking for. And so to know, like when I used to do it every morning, I knew what I had to do that day at work. I'm like, okay, I'm going to choose a Kriya for this. And it made a home practice really easy too, because I was like, I know exactly what I have to do. And I feel like that's really attainable for people. When I was practicing just Hatha, I would do a little flow and then I would get distracted with the Kriya. It's like I got my timer and I have this breath I have to do with this posture. There's so many cues to keep one present in the practice presence yeah that's the thing you gotta pay attention to your breath where your eye gaze is how you're moving the time if you're in a class you don't have to pay attention to time but on your own you do private practice yeah Yeah, and your private wow so and that's and the idea of kundalini is it's a householder's yoga too so it's developed to get results faster because we householders don't have time to meditate all day long like monks do And so we need something that's going to work faster and keep us in our flow and in a high vibration as we go through life. So that's why it's designed to work really quick and have these quick results. So when you say householder, what do you mean that? It sounds like the 60s. A householder, I guess that's a kundalini term too, is somebody that's chosen the path of a householder, somebody that has a job, has a family, they're living the here we are, the American lifestyle. We we do everything, and then we do kundalini too. And that's why we wake, wake up at 4.30 a.m. and practice before the sun rises because then you have your whole day you're doing right after. While a lot of the philosophy of hatha yoga is, in, traditionally, is that you can practice all day long. You meditate all day long. It's not designed for people to do in little increments and get these amazing results. Right. Okay, so you can have the... The idea maybe I may be paraphrasing from you, but the idea is that you can achieve this state of awareness, mm-hmm. like you would be meditating in a cave all day. Yeah. But you are doing regular job in American humanized kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like taking care of children or feeding your dog or, you know, making food for your family or like all of these other things or working. Like you're doing all of those things, but also being able to achieve the other yeah and that sounds amazing that's why yogi bhajan brought kundalini yoga to the west because he saw our lifestyles and he saw we were burning out turning to drugs that type of thing and having kundalini is a replacement for all of that and helping us be able to function in that high caliber from a in a natural place and having a practice to sustain us. So for the listeners who do not know who, what you just said, oh, who Yogi Bhajan is, <laughs> yeah. can you describe from, just from your personal experience of listening and learning and going through teacher training and, and practicing with yourself, can you tell us who that is for you? Yeah, well, um, essentially Yogi Bhajan is the man that brought Kundalini from India to the Western world. And it expanded from there. He took a secret yoga, secret tradition, and publicly shared it to Westerners, which was a big no-no, but he didn't care. He was about breaking the rules. And um, 
So that's that's who he is. And the type of yoga I teach and the most common type of kundalini you'll see in the U.S. is kundalini yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan. There's other types of kundalini yoga. It's all derived from the same lineage, which was Raj Yoga, a secret yoga for the royalty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. This is this is fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I'm, I'm so in love. So for just, you know, one of the last questions on kundalini, unless there's anything that pops up that you want to share. Uh-huh. For a person who has never done a kundalini class, right? I mean, we're in Northern California. It's pretty common here. But um, even in Humboldt, I mean, we still only have a few teachers. But for the most part, for someone who doesn't, you know, know anything about kundalini, and maybe they're a nervous individual going into a new class. I mean, any yoga class can be intimidating, honestly. But one that's as specific as kundalini, can you tell us a little bit about how maybe to make that person a little more comfortable or even um, give us a layout of what they can expect in a class? Yeah. Like what the first, and maybe those are two questions that you want to answer, but however you feel. Well, I always tell people it's going to be a unique experience. It's not like any other yoga class and to just go on the ride. Okay. One of my okay. favorite Kundalini teachers now is Guru Jagat, and the way she puts I love it her. is, oh my god, she puts it as, do the practice, don't ask any questions, and then see how you feel at the end, and then you won't, <laughs> it won't matter the weird stuff you did in Kundalini class. So that's right. what I always tell new students. Of course, listen to your body and its cues. Enjoy the ride. It's going to be a weird one, but you'll notice <laughs> that when you're done, you feel insanely different, and sometimes that's blissful. Sometimes you're activated in ways that aren't as good but that's because things are coming up that have been dormant in your body so and then to answer your question about the class so people come in I usually ground with them with some breath work and then we move into our um, invocation mantra we chant Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo and this is where we ask the ego to step aside which is a really important part of practice because you want to show up in your spirit form and not necessarily your ego and as I don't want to show up in Shannon, I want to show up as a Kundalini teacher. So we tune in, and then we do warm-ups, and then we do the Kree of choice. It's different every week. And then we have our deep relaxation. Oftentimes in Kundalini classes, there's a gong playing. Right now, I don't have a gong, so I'm playing solfeggio frequencies, which are music uh, calibrated at different megahertz to affect different parts of the system. And then we'll do a meditation. And I do meditation anywhere from 3 to 11 minutes. And then we'll tune out with a song and saying Sat Nam, which is like a greeting I like to say like aloha or namaste, saying the truth in me recognizes the truth in you. But that's what namaste means. Sat Nam is just <laughs> truth is my identity. That's so wonderful. See, now anyone that hasn't gone to a class now definitely wants to go. That was easy. It was broken down. It was very palatable. I appreciate you for sharing that with us because that was an amazing, um, yeah, it's just very super fluid. Well, Shannon, thank you so much. And we're going to take a short break to give a little shout out to an aligned local business that I absolutely love so very much. So here's a word from them. Root and Bones offers the purest and most potent single-source adaptogenic mushrooms and root powders on the market. From acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist Alyssa Melody, 
these bioavailable herbs safely provide a rich spectrum of benefits including immune, adrenal, brain, reproductive, respiratory, and cellular support. Head to www.rootandbones.com to find out more. Welcome back. I have been sitting here smelling this wonderful oil because we picked an oil right before we started. And this one is the one that Shannon picked. It's grounding. It's absolutely yummy. I absolutely love it. So we're back with Shannon Brawley. Yeah. She taught me how to say her name during the break. Brawl, like brawling. Do, do, you, do you have to tell people that? Or is it just me? <laughs> I think it's just you right now. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so thank you for sitting through the day with us. And um, now it's part of our show where we're kind of taking some more interpersonal looks at you, mm-hmm. right? And so all of these questions you can answer if you'd like, or you can say politely pass. That's okay too. Whatever you feel comfortable with. So I would like for you to share with the live audience and our listeners what your personal habits or your daily rituals are that you may have instilled for yourself. Morning, maybe your morning ones or maybe your evening ones or both mm-hmm. if you have something for both. Yeah, definitely. It switches up different days of the week. I wouldn't say I have like this hardcore thing I do all the time. Like I stated earlier, I have a 40-day practice and sometimes that feels really good to do it as soon as I wake up. Sometimes I'd rather lie in bed and try to stay in my dream state. And so that could look different every morning. Um, One really essential habit for myself right now is taking baths in the evening. I love baths. I have an outdoor bathtub (gasps) right now, so I'm in love with taking baths. And I found it the number one way to completely just let my mind stop is getting in that hot water and breathing. And I just do my bath and then I go to bed. So that's one of my really big rituals right now. I don't always have a bathtub, but I do right now where I live. So I'm very into taking my baths. Another thing, it's kind of unorthodox of a ritual I have is I love my people. I love, um, that's how I'm an extrovert. I love connecting with people. It gives me energy. So one thing I love to do, I would say almost do this on a daily basis is go on Facebook and see whose birthday it is (laughs) and write them a happy birthday. Yeah, I'm obsessed with birthdays. That's your daily ritual. I it's, it's not like a, a conscious one, but I think about it. And I'm like, it you is. Connect. You yeah, connect. I connect with people, and I always want people to feel special on their birthday. Even people that don't like their birthdays, I'm all I about it. About I love you. going to people's birthday parties. I don't know and making it like the most epic birthday party. Oh my so. <laughs> Okay, well, my birthday is March 13th. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting for you. Good for you. You're a good person. Oh, thanks. Real good person. Yeah. So reaching yeah. out to my people. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Anything else? Any others? Um, I love my bullet coffee. I have a recipe that a dear friend gave to me that he says has been working on for years, and I am more now so deep into it, and I love it too. It's part of my morning ritual. 
So. What 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 do you mean? What kind bullet of bullet coffee? So bullet coffee is. is using butter and coconut oil in the coffee rather than creamer. So what it does is it you don't spike in energy. It stabilizes it, and all those fats are really nourishing for the brain. So he's perfected this recipe that he's then shared with me that now I'm so in love with, and I would love to share it with Can people. Can you too. share with yeah. us? So I first, know that I know that, but I just didn't know the term. Bullet coffee. Bullet coffee. Okay, so that's wonderful. Well, now you're giving us a specific recipe. Yeah. So you give a shout out to the I want to give a shout out to Ari. Okay. Ari Joyce, thank you so much for this <laughs> recipe. He's a local artist too. Check him out, Ari thank Joyce, you. and with an excellent bullet coffee recipe. <laughs> so bullet coffee is really just butter and coffee, and this is a whole new level. So he puts butter, the co- and what he taught me is the butter. And then the coconut oil, and then the turmeric, and the black pepper, and the cinnamon, and a little bit of stevia, and then a raw egg. Oh and, my! And then you put it in your NutriBullet. Well, if you have that, <laughs> otherwise you can just shake it in a mason jar, and then it blends into this amazing frothy golden latte. It's kind of like golden milk golden in a way, yeah, <laughs> which is a Kundalini yeah. nourishing recipe. And I feel so good after I drink it. It's it's like a small meal and I cannot, I love coffee, but I've had the experience of like jitters from too much yes. coffee. And so it's a great way to start the day. It's very warming and grounding. And it gives me that experience of my ritual of drinking coffee too. That's a crazy recipe. So a raw egg, uh-huh. I'm trying to like, ma- well, it's not raw any, it. by the time it's blended because the coffee's so hot, it cooks it. And then you just blend it up and it creates this nice foamy, frothy Wow. Okay. I've never heard of that. So what was his name? Ari Joyce. Ari. You got that. That's that's a good (laughs) one. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's so good. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, We're going to move on to our next question, unless you have another ritual, because those are some good ones. Yeah. Not that I can think of right now. My rituals, I will have rituals that go on for 40 days, and often my rituals will change along with my practice, and I've had nothing that has stuck for years on end because I'm a little bit of a nomad and I move and I really adapt to my surroundings and um, whether it's coming out of my house in the morning and putting my feet on the earth because I live in a more natural environment and can do that. And it really just changes a lot. Yeah. So something like bullet coffee and baths are (laughs) (laughs) Are consistent consistent. and my practice, (laughs) but my ritual, my practice is so adaptable throughout the day. It just needs to happen at some point during the day. That brings up a question that I have that's that's not on the questions that I'm asking you uh, for the day, but having like a 30-day or a 40-day sadhana or something that you're doing that is part of your ritual, but within that are different mantras, different meditations, different kriyas. I mean, that, having that consistency of holding space in that way, but all of it being so different is very much like the satanama, mm-hmm. right? Like the beginning. Can you explain the satanama? So satanama is a mantra used often kundalini, and there's many different meditations it works with. And so satanama is the cycle of creation. There's the totality, then there's the birth, the death, and the rebirth. Satanama. And then there's meditations where you can associate it with each finger as well as you chant each portion of the mantra. Beautifully. 
Yeah. It's much, you can say that and describe it much more beautifully than I can. So having that ritual, but having those sadhanas that are completely different from one another is kind of that same thing. I mean, that's what my, that's where my mind is going, that it's like a satanama. It's like a birth and a redeath. Like you fall in love, you start a new program, then you fall in love with it and then you probably hate it for a minute and then you release it. It's very much like that. So having something as a ritual that's consistent as a sadhana and having those within that, that's a huge part of your growth as a human being, right? Because then you can experience those on bigger cycles. Do you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah. It just makes me think like this summer, right now I live out near Blue Lake and in the summer I live down in Manila and it was my ritual to go to the beach every day around sunset and sit with the sun when it was setting. And so that was also associated with that time and place. Yeah. Um, and so it changes when I move. Yeah. And, and so, it's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that little open into, into your world that we don't all have the view of seeing sometimes. One, right? which reminded me with the mantra yeah. is I had this one mantra I would play always when I was driving on West End Road. I live off West End Road, for those of you that know Arcata. And so the duration I was on West End Road, I would listen to the mantra, Hummy Hum, Tumi Tu, Wahe Guru. Oh, I love that. And it was... It was a, a few months I was doing that just for that stent of the road. When I was leaving and coming back home, it was like my gateway to going to the world and returning to my home. And I listen to chanting all the time when I'm driving. But that one in particular, and that's what I'll do. I'll get a mantra and I'll obsess about it. I'll listen to it all the time, whether it's in my home or while I'm driving. And that was a big one. That one's still really one of my favorites. I love that you say the gateway, yeah. you know, of going. How did you say, how did you phrase that? From going say? out into the world and then coming home again. Coming home again. Yeah. I love that. That's a beautiful, yeah, that's a beautiful way of putting that. So I feel like, you know, doing that practice, and this is just my personal opinion and just what's kind of coming up as we're speaking, that when you're doing something in that way, it's okay to have, I mean, because change is consistent, mm-hmm. right? That's the one consistency is change. Right. So having and forming those kind of pockets of a reality where you might be doing something like your gateway, yeah. right? It's beautiful because then you can appreciate it for that time and as it releases, right? So are you still doing the gateway thing? Or was it just for that That was like for something I didn't even plan. It was just how it was. And then I think I got kind of burnt out on the new mantra. And I had a new song <laughs> that came up. And I was really into listening to that. But usually I have one song I really like to listen to as I drive on West End Road. Nice. And that's only been for a few months because I've only lived out there for about four months. So when you're speaking of mantra, you're speaking of kundalini chanting mantras. Yes. What is your life mantra do you oh, have a, yeah. do you have a life mantra I mean yes. just wondering curious yes it's actually a mantra I learned in my first yoga teacher training I did a Kripalu yoga teacher training and so this is a Sanskrit mantra and it's yogas chitta vritti narodaha which means our awareness of the feelings thoughts and perceptions we choose to focus on and that is something I've always wanted to hold myself. It was the only thing I was actually going to consider tattooing on my body <laughs> was the Sanskrit, um, the symbolism, the symbols of that mantra. And it just makes so much sense. No matter where we are in life, we have the choice to choose how we are perceiving our reality. And that always brings me back because we can spin out so easily. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. And has that life mantra kept you from spinning out sometimes? I mean, I'm sure if it's your life mantra, right? I mean, 
Yeah, ideally. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say I've spun out in like well, a, a bad way, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. definitely. Emotional spin out sometimes. I yeah. usually tend to hold a pretty positive perspective in general. That's just my personality. So I feel blessed in that way. I've never get in a really negative, dark space. And that's, I guess, a life perception I've choose to, to hold yeah. is that positive outlook on life. Very nice. Speaking of um, being a positive, like solid person, you know, in Kundalini there is there is negative mind and positive mind and neutral mind. Mm-hmm. Is that the three? Which one are you? Just, just. Um, well, do you know? I'm I'm four. That's my oh, there's, number. There's four. Oh, okay. Well, well that's the number, the numerology four. Okay. That's my numerology, and that's the neutral mind. Oh, that's why it's just like you're just positive and like fluid. And what's your sign? Uh, my uh, Virgo. Wow. Oh, I love Virgos. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to all the Virgos. Oh, thank you. I love the Virgos. So I have a question for you. Yeah. (laughs) I would like for you to tell me something about yourself that no one knows. And I can promise you right now, cross my heart, I will not tell a soul. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought about this. Um... So since this is a podcast, and a lot of people listeners probably don't know me, and so I wanted to give them something that a lot of the listeners probably won't know, and a lot of people that I've met in the last few years don't really know about me. Um, it's more about my past. So when I was in college here in Humboldt, I was really into freestyle rapping. And oh my word. I would do a lot of rapping and singing ciphers and going to house parties and performing with my friends. Just, <laughs> no I wasn't like, a, like had performance of rapping. It was all the organic. I never wrote songs. It was all the, the healing process of freestyle rapping. And that's essentially what helped me get into feeling confident and embodied was learning to do that and learning to use my voice in that way. So then mantra is just like a whole nother breed of that. And so freestyle rapping. Yeah. You are kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm a little out of practice, but I was I'm like, very... Can you freestyle rap for us? No. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I'm so... Just a out... short little something. A little ditty. Oh, a little something. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I'm so out of practice. I'd love to get back into it because honestly... Oh, wahi, wahi, wahi. <laughs> something. Goop, goop, guru. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even try with mantra. I do want people to know though that freestyle rapping is one of the best ways I found for healing and communication because oh, really? in a similar aspect, you're asking you let your ego step aside and you're just channeling. You're letting that energy come through that organic energy and you're just saying whatever comes out. Luckily, if you're a little more witty, it sounds better, but that's not about that. It's more about that process of releasing whatever you need to. And that was one of the biggest learning modalities I learned. I'm so glad you told me, but I cannot believe this. I'm literally crying (laughs) over here. This is phenomenal. MC Andromeda was my name. You're kidding me. You even had (laughs) it. And the crowd goes wild. Everybody in the the office is moving around now. Oh, my word. So, okay, you have to expand a little bit more on that so did you do it you did it here yeah I was How many dating years I, I started when I was around 18 I had a friend that we would just do it with him it was we were hanging out he I felt super comfortable so he gave me that space to start doing it and then I moved up here and I got a boyfriend that was really into rapping and 
we would go and we would gather with his friends and we did what we call ciphers where everybody stands in a circle and you take turns just rapping. You pick off other people's things. It's a lot more collective than, say, a rap battle. So it's a co-creation oh process. So I did that all the time. And I was in a big phase. After that, after college, I was more into getting people to rap as a healing practice, getting people feeling comfortable in their own voice and feeling confident. And I would do that with friends. I did it when I ran the middle school program with the middle schoolers, just giving people that space to do that. And I actually, a woman I know here uh, does is holding a freestyle cipher every Friday for yeah, creating that space for people to do that. And I was like, yes, I'm so glad somebody's out there doing that, creating that space for people to. This is just wild. This is like totally blown my, <laughs> would you say earlier, blown my doors off. <laughs> yeah. This is blown my doors off. Have you ever been in a rap battle? Yes. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Like yeah, <laughs> I actually, I won a rap battle at a skate camp. You are kidding. I want a hoodie. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> you want a hoodie? Yeah. What did it say? Oh, it was just the element hoodie. It was an element skate camp. So <laughs> I worked at the neighboring camp. Holy moles. I never thought in a million years. See, that is like one of the best questions I ask, I think, in the podcast. I mean, a lot of them are great, but that one, whew, you never know what you're going to get. So thank you for sharing that with me. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, you talked about confidence and having that and holding space for that confidence and that being one of the things that kind of propelled you into being where you are now and doing what you're doing. Can you give the listening audience a kind of self-care recipe, maybe suggestions of things? I love to do that because I'm always getting questions of what do you do? And I'm sure you do as well. But can you give someone just kind of like the, the a rundown of just something you would give to pretty much anyone you know a basic one a self-care recipe yeah just maybe like some suggestions of things that people everybody would benefit from any human being would benefit from yeah the first thing that comes to mind is a uh, breath work and mantra um, I know affirmations are really helpful for people these are often in English um, you can use English affirmations or you can use ones as I do in Gurmukhi which is the language Kundalini is from and what these do is help override negative thought patterns. So if you have a racing mind or you tend to get in a dark spiral, replacing that with mantra or affirmations if you want to do that. Mantra is great, though, because it gets stuck in your head like a yes. song, like a rap. <laughs> so and then like when you're driving, you have that mantra and then it just becomes a part of just like this flow in your own being and you're out doing things and then rather than thinking about some random tv show or some what somebody else could be thinking of you you just got this mantra flowing yes. through you and really yes. taking time learning how to breathe properly yes just give yourself that gift as yeah. soon as you can <laughs> yeah thank you so much yeah Those are very good ones um, I have a quick story to share with yeah. you. I was home for the holidays and uh, I was doing, I was on a, well, heck, I've been doing it for a long time. I thought I was only going to do it for 40 days. That's kind of how the mantras go. And then they just kind of stick with you and then you just add and build to them uh -huh. for your sauna. But I was doing Hara 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 Gobinde, Hara 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 Makande. And um, so I was doing that every single morning. And my mother, weeks after I had left, because I was there for about four weeks, weeks after I had left, she contacted me and on WhatsApp. And she said that she was having that in her head, that she was still hearing me chant that. And I thought, 
wow, what a great one to get stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, because that one's prosperity and um, what is that one? That one's like prosperity and purity and abundance and alignments and, and it's the magnificent mantra, right? It's the one that Guru Jagat suggests um, as being like the, the kind of the, the cure all, the one that kind of like consumes you. It's a beautiful one. I haven't worked with that mantra. I have it on the recording and I'm uh, familiar with Har and Gobinde, but not, um, I've never worked with that lineup of the the words. Okay. So good. From my mother. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it it can get stuck. And so I I resonate with what you're saying on a a serious level. (laughs) Well, yeah, I also work with toddlers too, and they're learning how to talk. And I've been singing mantra to them since they were babies. And now they're at the age where they can repeat. So I'll be driving and they'll be, they'll just belt out a mantra. I didn't even know that they had like consciously rendered and so it's now they have as these little humans have these in their psyches when they're so young and I'm just so excited and their moms are stoked so it's oh great. that's so great for those listeners that don't necessarily know I mean because we speak on all these terms that are so familiar to us but mantra itself you know can you break that down real quick like what what is a mantra a mantra is creating a, a vibration and okay. so we're doing that and when you're chanting mantra you're stimulating your upper palate which ignites different areas in your brain so you're reprogramming yourself with different patterns that you're creating with the mantra and since we're all made of vibrations we're just altering the vibrations that's going on within our body and so you can imagine like a negative thought pattern in English versus a Gramuki healing mantra, what's going to go on on your being. Very well said. Thank you so much. You're, you're absolutely phenomenal. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, we have one last thing to do. It's getting to that point in our hour that we do something kind of fun. So we bring out chocolate and we bring out the wisdom healing cards. And you will choose any of the cards. She's already got them in her hand. Her eyes are closed for I'm those listeners. Random. She's going to choose any card that you want. And then if you will meditate on it for a moment. And then you're going to tell us about it. So here, let's see if I can play this. Ooh, can you hear that? So you can choose any one. Oh, you're kidding me. That's the one I chose earlier. Is it? No joke, isn't it? Whoa, that's intense. Okay, so before you came, I chose a card, and I think it was that one. Or maybe, anyhow, go on. You tell the listeners what you have. So I have the Remain Centered card. Today's lesson, focus on conscious tranquility. No matter how stressful the day is, your intention is to remain centered and calm. Your goal, to learn that you can control your psychic energy. So I'm relating this to yeah, my... Yeah, does it resonate with you? So what it resonates with me is what I was saying about kundalini, early, kundalini yoga earlier and how I've picked up this practice and sustained this practice as a way to live in a certain vibration. And so by starting my day, when I did have a serious practice, when I had a really stressful life, my morning practice was essential my life has been a little more lax, so I haven't needed that as much, but I'm sure I will again. So to have that practice in the morning where I can connect with source energy and feel that flowing through me before I go out in the world, I, I'm i living in a whole different reality. I'm living as a vessel for source energy to move through me rather than Shannon who woke up and is rushing out the door. And 
So having that connection, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with the idea of source energy, that's just me opening up to energy higher beyond myself. You can call this the universe, God, whatever you want. It's whatever's moving through me and every other living entity and letting that be my guiding force. And that will help me stay centered throughout the day, starting in the morning. Um, and then just breath throughout the day too, returning to that. I feel like every single person needs to just collapse. I just hear like, <laughs> that was wonderful. Oh, thank you. So I guess it, it's it's right on with us. Isn't this incredible? I love how this goes. And you yeah. explained all of it so well. I. I am so honored to have spent this much time with you today. Thank you for letting us get to know you a little bit more, a little bit deeper, a little bit more of things that I would have never guessed about. (laughs) And then going in and explaining some of these things that, you know, every student who's wanting to learn about Kundalini, kind of the 101 for that. Mm -hmm. You've really given us a lot of information to digest and process through and um, given the listeners a lot of wonderful things to think about. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate you so very much. If the listeners want to connect with you in the future, going to some classes or finding out more about your project or being able to fund because with this project that you're doing down in Sonoma, we can donate to that project, oh, yeah. that cause, right? So how do the listeners find out about that? Do you have a social so, media? Yes. Um, I have two websites. One is for myself and my yoga, and that's lightsenergyyoga.com. And then the one for the youth program is innerwisdomchildrensvillage.com. And so those are two places you can find out more primary about my yoga and what the happenings of that, and then as well as what's going on with Inner Wisdom Children's Village. Thank you so much, Shannon, for coming on the show and helping us get one step closer to aligning our highest selves, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional bodies. You were absolutely wonderful. And for the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again today. And until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Have a magical, wonderful day. And let's try to make this your very best week ever. This episode has been brought to you by grass-fed vegan koala cubs.